Welcome to Totally Prize Was Always Cool, a podcast that was always cool. That's so I'm true. Ashley. <laughs> uh, I'm Ashley, and I'm joined, as always, with your friend and mine, Molly. Hey, hi, we got Luke with us. Hello. It's cool in here. It's always been cool. It's always been cool in here. Um... We didn't uh, talk about what we did over the last few weeks last time That's uh, true. We, we did this. Uh, Luke, have you done anything? Uh, mostly I've been at work because people were like we had a COVID scare, which meant that somebody had yeah. to sit out for a couple days till they knew they were good. And everybody else got to work a bunch of overtime. So, yep, that's been the bulk of my week. I did. Um, I finally finished the the great Ace Attorney. Uh, I, I finished it mere hours ago. I have heard for years that those two games are the best Ace Attorney games. And like, oh, it's such a fucking like injustice that it never came out in America because those are the best ones. No one knows. They're not bad. I liked them okay. I feel like maybe they got a little overhyped. <laughs> Interesting. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of came away a little bit disappointed, especially like the first one. Actually, kind of sucks. Nothing happens in it. It's very slow. <laughs> the cases are way too easy. They're, like, short in a weird way. It's not very good. Second one is solid. It's, like, okay. But... So, overall, as a package, As uh, a package, ne- like, not great. Yeah. Because then the other problem with the second one is that you really need to have played the first one to understand what's going on in it. And I, after shotgunning through the first one, by the time I'm at the second one, I'm like, I just want to fucking, no, I've had to go through so much already, and just fucking tell me the thing. I don't, I don't care about this this Shakespeare cosplayer guy who got poisoned by strychnine. No, I don't care. Just get me to the plot shit. I already sat through too many dumb cases. Damn, hate to get poisoned by strychnine. Yeah, yeah. I already forget the details of that guy. He was, like, stealing gas or something. Right. <laughs> he was making quarters out of ice to put into the machine he had to put to turn the gas on in his apartment that to have whips. heat. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. But counterpoint, Molly, that guy uh talks exclusively in very pained Elizabethan dialogue. Yeah, okay, so does Yuri Anger in Final Fantasy Fourteen. I have to listen to him and he doesn't even steal anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's not even stealing gas. Yeah, yeah. Um, The one case in that game that I really, really liked, it's uh, the third one in the second game. It's like there's a World's Fair type thing going on, and there's a scientist who claims he's invented, like, a teleportation machine. It's just, like, a pod you step into with, like, a big, 
like radar dish on top and he can beam you anywhere. And uh, the guy that he's demonstrating it with like gets in the machine and then he shows up where he was supposed to get teleported to, but he's dead. So you have to defend the scientist that made that machine. And like the crux of it is that like the prosecution is arguing, yeah, no, his machine worked. It just fucking killed the guy because he didn't like he wasn't safe enough with it. And, like, the obvious way to defend him is, like, well, no, the the machine's, like, fake, because teleportation's fake. This is, like, a yeah. dumb magic trick. And I don't know how that guy died, but it wasn't the scientist. But the problem is that the scientist would rather get executed for murder <laughs> than be proved as a fake. What a clown. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to, like, figure out a way to thread that needle, and it's it's a good case. Like that one a lot. I would love uh, if I was disrespected by my community for killing a man, not for right. lying about my science. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, he believes in his science, but perhaps he had some shady criminal business partners that, you know, he thought they were building the machine he wanted them to, but actually... Wait, he didn't even build the fucking thing? No, he designed it. Fuck this. <laughs> This guy should go to jail. <laughs> he designed it and handed the designs over to another guy who threw the designs in the garbage and built a <laughs> dumb magic trick machine. Built a phone booth. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I guess. I the guess. Spoilers for Great Ace Attorney two three. Sorry. <laughs> the guy who built the machine, he can stay. That guy is like a weird clockwork robot man. He's cool. I, I like how you started, like, before we recorded, you're like, I want to say some things about Ace Attorney, like, and I want to say them beforehand, because I don't want to spoil people. <laughs> yeah, well, I got, well, I was only going to say the premise of it, then we kept talking about it. To be fair, that's, like, the side case of the game that doesn't tie into the main plot at all. And I was, before we recorded, I was talking about the end of the game, which I think is not very good, so... <laughs> It's fine. We can we can just note that for the first five minutes, there's Ace Attorney spoilers. Ace Attorney spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I, honestly, also, I think everybody who wants to play that game has probably already played that game. Ah, very well, might be the case. But um, we should, I we like it. We should note it anyway. But yeah. I don't. I don't think uh, any Ace Attorney fans are gonna be hurting. Yeah, for I kind of took a long time to get through this. Yeah. <laughs> because again. The pacing just wasn't very good in that just first not very game. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, did you do anything else? I think I'm kind of getting back into Guilty Gear a bit. That game still pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Yeah, I can still be a vampire samurai, and uh, that's a good thing to be. It looks pretty good. You barely have to move in those matches. You just let them come to you. Yeah, yeah. No, I hit the fucking heavy slash button, and about two thirds of the screen get covered in sword. Pretty good for you. Yeah. Okay, great. Ashley, what have you been doing? Uh, I've also been working. Uh, I've been pl- uh, watching some movies. The cinema? I know. Sh- shocking. Uh, I watched uh, The Five Venoms, which is a I martial arts There's movie. only two of those. Yeah, so there are only two of those. <gasps> High five, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> I'm not sure I get it, but okay. <laughs> Venom, the film Venom and Venom 2, oh. the two Venom movies. I think you mean Venom, oh. Let There Be Carnage. I'm sorry, yes, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. The two movies you <laughs> fucking despise? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I only talk about good films. That's not true. That's not true. 
Ma'am, you're lying? As I look at my two and a half star review of the five Venoms. <laughs> a review that is still higher than Venom. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, I would imagine about five times better. <laughs> All right, you fucking... <laughs> You want me to just, like, not do a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, talk about your films. Tell me about the five Venoms. It's, like, a martial arts movie, and the the funniest bit of it is that, like, the master at the beginning is like, I have have taught you, you know, how to control the the five Venoms. Uh, That was a mistake, because I should have... Because I taught a bunch of other people just one Venom, and they're really good at it. And now you're just kind of eh at, like, all five of them. <laughs> Great. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, like, and so this guy has to go track down each of the five Venoms and kill them. I see. Uh, and there's, like, some real fun uh, martial arts fights. There's the dude who's like, ha-ha, I'm an invincible, except for... One part of my body. <laughs> and then, of course, someone finds that one part of the body. He's like, oh, how can you? Is it his yes. butt? No, it's his uh, ears. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the dude, he's fighting uh, the snake venom. And the dude just fucking shoves his fingers into the dude's eardrums and probably breaks them. Oh. Sucks, dude. Yeah, it fucking sucks. And then, like, kicks him into, like, basically an Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It sucks for him. It seems like the ear thing was, uh, like, overkill then. No, because he tried to put him in the Iron Maiden, and the guy was fine, and, like, haha, see? Oh, you had to break his eardrums but before the Iron Maiden was broken. The shield was Yeah, down. like, it. Yeah. I see, I see. His his Master Chief little meter was just beep 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 beep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um his shields are kept in his ears. <laughs> yeah. Um And then like they're like building up to like a real cool final fight and then they kind of beefed it. And it's like one of those things where it's like I was kind of enjoying this movie, but then yeah, like you just kind of whipped out on the ending and it just kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> Yeah. You yeah, can't fuck you. up the last fight. Yeah. Cause like they're like planning like, okay, like how are we gonna fucking kill this final dude? Uh and then they like plan and then they go in to fight him and then someone else just shows up and like punches the dude in the stomach and they're like, Alright, now I can fuck him up without any like of wow. the plans we were gonna do. <laughs> it's like, oh, that okay, sucks. cool. Um I watched Emmett Otter's Jug Time Band. Um, which is like a a Jim Henson production. Yeah, I that, remember watching that as a kid. Yeah, that's good time. Uh, it does appear like it's going to have the saddest ending of anything for a bit. Uh huh. When uh, it's a like kind of gift to the magic thing, but they give away something from the other person, <laughs> where it's like, oh, like I, you know, we we have a jughead band. Like I need to like put a hole in my mom's wash bath and like to like make my instrument well once i win the talent show with it i'll <laughs> you know ha- I'll, I'll pay her back for that and like give her a great gift mm-hmm. uh and like 
similar thing with the other with the mom and they both perform at the talent show and they're like oh like now like no matter what like i'll help you and then they both lose god <laughs> and just like uh oh uh, well we did just lose two of the things that like the only th- things we had left on this earth <laughs> god all right, <laughs> let's walk home on the ice. It's probably not hard to patch up a wash basin. Probably not, but yeah. But they also sold their their fixing tools. That was the other thing they sold. Fuck, man! <laughs> Why would you sell so much stuff to enter a fucking talent show? Well, she sold it so that she could have a costume to. Uh, for the contest, which I thought this sounds excessive. not exactly needed, but everyone was like, "No, you gotta have a costume." So mm-hmm. whatever. But no, yeah, it it, it 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 stuff happens after that. But for a while, I'm like, "Wait, is this the end?" Um, that's was, funny. Was there then, a recount? No. Um. That's the best part. It's like that. It's like an evil group, and they come in and they perform, and they win. And it's the entire time, like the, it like turns to like the you know backstage to see them, and they're like, yeah, no, they just kind of got us. Like they're just kind of way better than <laughs> us. Like they're jerks, but like they just fucking rule. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're sick as hell. Yeah, um, they're just a, a rock band just called Nightmare. Fuck, okay. <laughs> yeah. I already can't um, compete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they, they get, like, a job performing at, like, a local, like, bar. And so now that they have, like, a steady income, they can... Oh, that's, buy their that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, the American 2019 one. It's totally fine movie. Yeah. Has, I, it yeah, has like big I'm, guys in it. It has some big guys. Titans as what they call them mm. in. Boo. <laughs> I just don't like the name Titans for him, that's all. Yeah. You're allowed. <laughs> yeah. Um and a lot of people I know uh like really don't like it. Um but I don't know. I had fun. It has like King Ghidorah and Mothra. Yeah, uh, a, a dude ejects and then gets immediately eaten. <laughs> ejects out of a jet. To be clear, ejects out of a jet and like in this in one shot you see him like pop out and then the monster just like oh, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty like you walked out and I was like Molly Molly, <laughs> <laughs> yes. gotta see this shit. That guy got it. Love to see it. You do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, I, I play, I've been playing some Assassin's Creed, uh, which is running like shit on my computer, so we'll see yeah. how that goes. Oh, were you looking at like that DLC stuff they announced? I, I was already got it before that happened. I gotcha. Um, yeah, the, with the... Um, the one from Odyssey uh, and the one from Valhalla, which is what I'm currently playing. Mm-hmm. And I do hope they fuck. I'm sure. Sure. They have to. <laughs> what are we doing I here have, otherwise? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I've been playing Valhalla as kind of like a, a my mindless game, especially as like the winter break coming up. And but yeah, it, it runs real rough. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Molly. Yeah. What are you doing? Play Final Fantasy fourteen. How's, how's that working out for you? Uh, when I can actually play it, I have some decent fun. Yeah, it seems like that's that's an issue right now. So here's the thing. Yeah. They knew that Endwalker had had already out. I think it outsold Shadowbringers before it was out. Uh huh. And they did not beef up the server load. Yeah. Yeah. So now, if you want to play Final Fantasy fourteen, you have to queue for what I would estimate to be an average of about two and a half hours. <laughs> <coughs> If I feel like playing a game and then I have to wait two and a half hours, there is no guarantee I'm going to still feel like playing that game by then. Yeah. So, um, fun little thing. If you, if you, so I usually wake up and press leaves for work on my yeah. weekends, uh, which means that I am up at like, you know, eight or nine, sometimes uh-huh. 10. Uh, and still around then, like the queue times are not that bad. Okay. Uh, it 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 can be like a thousand people or something, and it it, it moves, but it can take forty five minutes or an hour or something like that. So I'll just throw on some YouTube and sure watch that while I'm waiting for uh, the queue to go. If, for instance, I wanted to play Final Fantasy fourteen after a long day at work, That's I would have out of the to. Question. I would have to wait for a queue of, on average, about five thousand people. You, to get you, into the game. You would need to work out a system whereby you can remote into your computer from work to start the queue. Now, here's the beauty of the situation. Yeah. Pris and I do not share the same weekends. Oh, so you can <laughs> so, help each other. <laughs> Pris will message me when she is like two hours away. Uh, when she's, you know, before she leaves work, she goes, can you fast pass me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they refer to it as fast passing. Yes, great. Uh, so yes, we we have often logged each other in on our days off just so uh, the other one doesn't have to wait uh, for the queue. And honestly, that's what marriage is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, otherwise, I have still been playing some of the Forza Horizon Five weekly content, which has been pretty fun. Yeah, um, I do enjoy that. You brought up Final Fantasy XIV and then talked exclusively about the experience of starting Final Fantasy XIV. Well, if I talk about the stuff that's happening in the game, people are going to get mad at me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, let, let me say this. My, um, I, I love the Catboy from Shadowbringers. I, I truly do. Okay. Uh, but my hot, awful boyfriend, Estinian, is back from the war. Uh, and he's being the dog shit worst, and I can't not fuck him. So, <laughs> sorry to the very sweet boy whom I love uh, from Shadowbringers, but <laughs> you know that you know that text, uh, that image, that's that meme that's like, don't text him back, sends you one hundred million dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last one is like, Daddy Long Dick just landed in L.A. or whatever. <laughs> That's basically how I'm feeling about Grahatia and Estinian. Now, so, can you uh, actually romance NPCs in that game? So, a weird thing that happened in this expansion, I, I guess this is a technical, technically a spoiler for 
uh, this expansion. Uh, before this, there was like no picking who you got to see at any time. But during one of the cutscenes, uh, there's like you go back to your in room and like you're standing like on the balcony or whatever, and you hear the door. Somebody knocks at the door. And it says, oh, who do you think that is? And then it lists, like, seven names. And apparently the one you pick is the one who ends up talking to you. I see. Um, so I did pick Astidian, who is the hot, evil, awful man. Right. Uh, and Priscilla was like, wait a minute. Who, you didn't pick the Catboy? And I was like, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm about, okay? <laughs> I was away for a while. I needed a sweet boy. Uh, but, you know, I'm back in L.A., so. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's that's how I feel about Final Fantasy XIV and Walker. Um, the, as, as always, the politics of Final Fantasy XIV are fraught. Sure. But I also played Tales of Arise this year, and I love that game. And, listen, the, the politics of JRPGs have never been good. The politics of video games have largely never been good. This is true. That's you know what? I don't have to say JRPGs. The politics of all video games are fucking dog shit. You can probably count on one hand the number of yeah. like big name video games with decent politics. That I would even be like, oh, okay, this is okay. Like yeah. not even good, like okay. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so. Um Yeah, that's 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 Final Fantasy IV. What was the other thing I was gonna talk about? Uh, oh, Forza. Oh, Forza, yeah. I've, I've been doing the weekly content. Love love driving the cars. Um, I wish they would add, like, 30 more cross-country tracks to that game, because those mm-hmm. are the ones I like to do. Uh, and the, I don't think the street racing is that interesting, because half of it doesn't take place in cities. <laughs> uh, like, the, I think the thing about the street racing, the main gimmick is that there's traffic on the road. And it's not even that much. It's like occasionally there is another car that goes by that's not a part of the race. And like that can like You get to role play as one of the assholes that makes me very anxious when I'm driving home. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Um, You get to live out the idea that uh, Tokyo Drift may happen to you. (laughs) There are like two car crashes on this highway daily. Maybe it's a bad place to be like racing at 100 miles an hour, dipshits. Apparently not. Um, yeah, so that's, that's like what the street racing is and the regular racing is fine, but like the, the Forza, like the driving is good, but I want a slidey car. I want to slide around on some fucking dirt yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and do sick drifts and stuff. Right. Um, and you just can't do that on the regular racetracks mm. and I don't want the pure dirt, uh, tracks for whatever reason. They're less good. I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Forza, if didn't, Mr. Forza, if you're listening, and I know you are, uh, please commission <laughs> 30 new cross-country tracks for me. Um, when they put up the cross-country DLC, you'll be, we'll be feasting. Oh, I will be feasting. I'll have the best time of my life. Uh, y'all want to talk about Twin Peaks? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, I do. Let's go. Yeah. Luke, Luke, tell me, tell me, lead me through this episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah, so this is this is the first proper episode of the show, which means it tends to get listed as episode one, which is fucking confusing. Well, on on Hulu, it does just list it as season one, Hulu, episode two. Yeah, it is good about it. It's season yeah. one, episode two, which is you know what it is. That seems but, yeah. correct. 
It, like, when you're looking up info on the episodes and stuff, sometimes, yeah, the, the numbering's off and it's weird. I would like to talk to the people who do that on the internet, because this is the second episode of Twin Peaks. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I I just put the episode title in our question post, just to be yeah. like, so none of y'all are yeah, that, asking that's, questions. That's the best way to, yeah, make it clear. Like, I think on, like, the DVDs and stuff, even though, like, this gets listed as episode one. and it's like, Man, oh. What? Why would you do it that way? That's not true. David. <laughs> well, David Lynch, he's... That guy's wild. <laughs> That's true. He don't know how to count. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we open up in uh, Cooper's hotel room, which we didn't get to see uh, last time. You know, he was talking about getting a good rate. But, uh, yeah, he is... It's the next morning. And uh, we're just kind of getting this, like, slow panning shot over, uh, like, the bed and all, like, the the wall decoration. You know, there's, like, a hunting rifle in here. There's, like, these... They they do the hunting rifle thing where it's a, a deer hoofs holding up a hunting rifle. <laughs> that is, is always... Yeah. The worst shit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, yeah, just lots of, like, rustic-style decorations as... Uh, you know, we're hearing his narration of just, he's talking to Diane about, like, the uh, accommodations at the hotel. Uh, he's into it. And then we find out that he is just hanging suspended upside down from the ceiling, because I guess that's his morning exercise routine. The thing that's killing me, and I saw this immediately, is that he is wearing sock garters while he is doing <laughs> he this. He is wearing sock garters, that is yes. true. Which... One, I don't know why he has them on already, but number two, they're not helping you right now, man. Your socks aren't going to fall down in this position. That's You're upside down. That's a very accurate point. What are you doing, He's not Dale? doing, like, sit-ups on this or anything. He's just dangling. He's chilling. I, I bet this is one of those things, because you've seen those, like, inversion tables you can buy. Yeah. This was, this yeah. was a thing. You gotta get the blood up into your head so you can do the good thinking. Yeah, because your heart doesn't yeah. do that, apparently. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I I just also remember, like, in Back to the Future 2, like, they have a... Old Marty is, like, just always upside down. Or the grandpa's always upside down, just because, like, yeah. oh, it helps me think. And, like, oh, yeah, like, this it was just, like, in the pop culture that this was a thing that people are going to do. Yeah. yeah. He does have a moment... During his little monologue here where he says, uh, you know, the mattress is firm, not too firm, not like that lumpy mattress I had in El Paso that one time. But ah, I've told you that story a few times before, haven't I, Diane? And I'm just imagining Diane back at like the FBI office or whatever, just hearing this like, yeah, yeah, you told me about the lumpy mattress you had one time. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. You know, a lot of people got to sleep on lumpy mattresses sometimes. They just kind of let it go. (laughs) It is not. I, I imagine Diane fast forwards through a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she is like. It's like how we are now like situated where like oh I I, I know what parts I need to edit out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when we're like just looking at the waveform, she can just like look at it like okay I know when I need yeah. to start and when I need to stop. I can I'm just so start used- the tape about five minutes in because that's all gonna be preamble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, then he uh, he also mentions that like you know the the best test of a good hotel is uh, you know how good their coffee is. Uh, so he'll he'll report back on that later, and I'm sure Diane's but, waiting with bated breath to hear. Yeah, uh, 
But then he jumps but down. But he has two things on his mind. Yeah, he jumps down and he mentions that this morning there are two things playing on his mind. What really happened between Marilyn Monroe and the Kennedys, and who really pulled the trigger on JFK? <laughs> Bro, what I'm, a king. I'm saying. <laughs> He's keyed into the American conscious. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I feel like, don't we pretty much know what went on between Marilyn Monroe and the Kennedys? Uh, they fucked, yeah. 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 <laughs> and who pulled the trigger on JFK? That was the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's If it's only Dale had like, lived. Yeah. Does he... I'm wondering how much of it is like... He's like, oh, I don't know. What could what could that have been? And how much is like... Well, the thing that's probably true sucks, so I would rather find a different answer to those questions. Uh, he I think it, doesn't know what sex is, so he is trying to figure out what happened between Marilyn Monroe and the Kennedys. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> he, do, he cannot figure <laughs> he that out. He knows that where they were like, that, like, she was alone with John F. Kennedy, and they did some kind of weird stuff with their <laughs> crotches, but I don't get what it was. Just think that's the angle that he's yeah, taking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I, yeah. I, I just picture, like, that, like, Dale Cooper, as we kind of talked about before, it's just, like, has come fully formed out of, like, a press. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. And, like, he has not done any research on this. He just knows these facts. Right. I guess it just kind of harkens back to, like, what we were talking about last time when he's talking about how, oh, this is just such a nice little small town where, you know, yellow light means speed up, uh, slow down, not speed up. When he's seen nothing but, like, horrible murder and awful things all day and, like, that's not an accurate characterization of the town at all, this feels like it's coming from a similar place. If he just, like, he sees the good in stuff to the point of, like, kind of glossing over the bad in stuff, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, and also, as we've seen, and as we continue to see, like, he is, like, so fucking, like, blind to, like, horrible shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably just due to the fact that he has done this job for a while. Yeah. Speaking of Marilyn Monroe, uh, this show started off, like, way before it was ever, like, a show. The, like, original idea that David Lynch and Mark Frost had was, oh, what if we did a, uh, like, mystery story about, like, Marilyn Monroe's death? That'd be cool. And then it ended up morphing into basically, okay, like, what if it was, like, a girl who was, like, the Marilyn Monroe of her town? Sure. Because we find out in this episode, she's done everything. Yes, uh-huh. Yes. Laura Palmer's doing it all. Absolutely. Laura Palmer, it seems like she's doing, t- like, enough that I don't know if a person could possibly do it. Yeah, enough oh. that, like, if you added up all the hours it would take, I think it'd be more than you'd have in a day. Yeah. I... I hate that this is where I, my mind instantly went, but it's like it's like a time turner situation. God. Hmm. Hmm. I don't care for this. Uh huh. Uh huh. Listen, I don't either. It's just like I was like as I was like trying to like come up with a quick way of saying what I meant. <laughs> sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, Cooper uh, gets dressed, goes down for breakfast. He has that morning cup of coffee that he was talking about. He loves it. It's great. Damn fine. It's damn, damn fine cup, cup of coffee. coffee. Yeah. It's one uh, of the best. Yep. He's got a very particular, like, breakfast order. You know, you gotta practically burn the bacon. I want the eggs over hard. I know it's bad for my heart, but, ah, come on. Uh, yeah. I like that he says cremated about the bacon. <laughs> yes. He does say cremated. And then he makes a weird, cr- like, crack about Audrey's breasts. 
I don't think he intended to. No, but he's but thinking he about it. Yeah, yeah, he did do that. He says I, he wants grapefruit juice as long as the grapefruits, and then he sees Audrey approaching him and says, are freshly squeezed. Now, that is true. That was the end of that sentence, but he yes. saw a girl. Yes. Uh, but. Yes. No, it is. It is. Yeah. Yes. I, I cannot deny this, but also it's not the intent, but also it was the intent. Yes. Absolutely. This is the joke. It is not the intent of Dale Cooper, but it's the intent of the writers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Y- anyway, Audrey kind of introduces herself and, and sits down. He's he's immediately charmed by her, starts asking her about uh, Laura, and, uh, you know, hears from her, basically, eh, Laura wasn't really a friend of mine. She, you know, tutored my brother Johnny sometimes. He has, she describes it as emotional problems. I think uh, this is a common way to describe that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She also says that he is, like, 20-something years old and in the third grade, you know, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, she she is very horny for Dale Cooper. She is. She just starts talking about, like, well, just sometimes I get so flush. It's like, do your palms ever itch? <laughs> I, She's like, bitch, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. She is just, like, so confused upon meeting Dale Cooper. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, and it's also very... It feels like she is trying to turn on the charm, except she is a high school senior and doesn't really know how to do that right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then meanwhile we go to the police department. I didn't even really claw, like take note of the guy in the foreground just welding. <laughs> what we he is just welding, the- yeah. He's just welding. You know. Yeah. Uh, but there's a uh, jelly donut special. Yeah. Andy is just staring at the torch. <laughs> Yeah, Andy's just having a good time watching this welder. He's not welding anything, he's just blowing the torch. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, Cooper comes in and uh, Lucy has a mouthful of donuts, but don't worry, that's not going to stop her fucking describing everything. (laughs) Uh-huh, yeah. God bless her. God bless her. Uh, meanwhile, Sheriff Truman decides to cram an entire donut into his mouth all at once. Well, he gets caught taking too big a bite. Yeah, uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, Cooper is just going, like, a mile a minute describing, like, what his itinerary is for the day. As Truman is, like, trying to chew his bite enough to talk at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's Which good. he does not do before uh, Dale says, Harry... I've really got to urinate, so I'll be back in three minutes. <laughs> He's got to urinate. <laughs> and then He's he finds a then, weirdo. <laughs> and then Truman does a big comedy swallow as he finally gets the donut down. Yes. It's good. Yeah. Great, great yeah, content. Yeah, like, this whole bit, like, it's, like, very much like a... It feels more like a normal show than a, yeah, yeah, than what it actually is. Right, because then we immediately go from like that very silly comedy scene to like a, a sad scene of Doctor Hayward talking about like I was the doctor that delivered Laura, so I could not emotionally handle doing the autopsy, but I ordered another doctor from out of town to do it. So let me go over yeah, the details and he with assisted. you. I just, like, I don't know, that's something that really hammers home, like, fuck, like, all these people just, like, know each other to a level, like, yeah, the the coroner is the guy that also delivers the babies, that's, oh, jeez. Yes. Yeah. 
Should we talk about like the 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 nature of this small town? Well, it's got kind of a dark side to it. That's, if that's true. what you mean. No, I was going to say that um the like the population counts. Oh, yes, yeah, someone told us about the the deal with that. Oh, yes. Uh thank you uh Gary from the abnormal mapping Discord. Uh, told me that the uh, population sign that we were talking about before that had listed 50,000 apparently was a studio change. It was originally 5,000, but the studio thought the small town would not be relatable, so they just bumped up the number by another zero. Who lives in small towns? No one would ever understand what it... What what do you mean? Yeah, and then uh, somebody else, Ryan, notes that this was later retconned to be a misprint in one of the books, which is a coward's move. Uh, they say so, and frankly, I say so. Yeah, uh, do it in a just, book. Yeah, well, just we commit. Gotta, yeah, it's on the sign. It's on yeah. the fucking sign. It's on the sign. But also, it being a misprint, like, makes sense in the fiction, you know. I guess, but it is still a coward's move. Eh, fair enough. But I mean, that eh, eh, sure. <laughs> I don't care what enough are... to argue about this. <laughs> just gotta leave it, man. Yeah. But, like, it self-evidently is not a town with five with 50,000 people in it. It just yeah, isn't. I don't know. Well, they ordered enough donuts in this police station for 50,000 people. <laughs> I'll tell you that. You know what? True. When, yeah. when it, uh, Dale yeah, walks I'll... in, you see, like, ten cartons of donuts stacked up. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, 5,000 people, and then there's the other 45,000 work at the donut factory. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Doc Hayward kind of just goes over the details of the autopsy. I don't know if we get any, like, major clues. I think we mentioned that, like, she has, like, bite marks and just, like, uh, wounds on, like, her wrists and ankles from where she was tied up. She, oh, yeah, I think the big one that, like, he struggles to even say is that, like, she, like, three different men had had sex with her in the last 12 hours before she died. Uh, No good. No, not great. Yeah. Uh, Doc Hayward, the actor, does a really good job of just, like, you can tell he's trying to be professional about it, but, like, it is taking everything he has to, like, get these sentences out. Yes. Uh, And they ask, like, if Ronette's going to be able to talk to them anytime soon, and he's just like, I got no idea. She's horribly traumatized. Uh, I don't know when she will physically be able to, like, be conscious. And she might have brain damage when she is. Yeah, I, and if she doesn't, like, who knows what the stress and the trauma. Yeah. I, I wouldn't count on that as a good avenue to go down. Yep. Uh, from there, we go to Shelly and Leo's house. Leo's still just a piece of shit. Scariest man. So yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, yeah, no, fuck this. Horrifying. <laughs> Uh, Shelly needs to go to work, uh, he, and she says that she's already done all the laundry. He just reaches into his truck and grabs a bag of dirty laundry he hadn't given her. and says, no, you didn't. Go do this. Yeah. And, uh, she, and he demands it's done before she go to work, despite her ride being here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their washing machine is outside because, again, their house, like, isn't finished. Yeah. Um, but as she's dumping his laundry into the machine, she finds a blood-covered denim shirt. Yep. And uh, just slips that into a drawer. Yeah, because she's like, yeah, I think I should probably keep this one. Just in case. Yeah. 
And, uh, yep. yeah, then he's just creepy and scary to her for a while before letting her go. Yep. And then, is it in the same scene where he goes to look for that shirt? I think that's later, but, yeah, eventually he's going to yeah, notice that shirt's later. missing okay. and, like, freak out because it's not in the laundry. Okay, I just wasn't sure if it was the, the same scene or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh... Cooper and Truman bring James in for questioning. They show him the same tape they've been showing everybody, and he admits boo. that he's... <laughs> boo! to what? James, boo! <laughs> okay. Uh, That's what I, I also... thought, but I wanted to be clear. I also, like, Leo is like, oh, like, didn't you hear I said Nora's here? And she's I'm like, just like, yes, because she walked out when Nora showed up. <laughs> that is true. Dipshit. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, James admits that him, uh, Donna, and Laura all went up into the, like, mountains for a picnic a couple weeks ago. Um, (laughs) he says that, uh, yeah, he knew that Laura was using cocaine, but he was trying to get her to stop, and she actually was for a while, but then she started using it again shortly before she died. Um, she was, like, troubled by something, but he doesn't really know what. He wasn't the one who wanted to keep the relationship a secret. She was. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he kind of repeats the same info we heard from him that he gave to Donna last time about, like, her being really weird the night she died and then running away from him at the stoplight. Basically, he just doesn't say that he is the one with the locket. Yes. Yeah. Uh, But we do get him flashing back to getting the locket. And just really being James. (laughs) (laughs) You know I'm so God. happy today? Is it because your skin is so soft and you smell good? No! <laughs> Dip shit! I have to imagine that this is James's subjective memory of this moment <laughs> and not what literally <laughs> happened. God. Because I think if he literally went, That's because you smell good? I think Laura might shove him off a cliff. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows, man? <laughs> No, this is a lore who is fucking high as a kite. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Um, You know, uh, the end of the episode, we find out that she thinks that he is the stupidest boy who's ever lived. That is true. (laughs) There is that. Uh Which I feel like we were talking last time. (laughs) We're not totally clear on how intentional James sucking is. I feel like that tape goes a long way to, oh, no, no, he's supposed to suck at least a little. At least a little, yeah. At least a little. Or at least he's supposed to be oblivious at least a little. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, they, uh, ask if he knows where the other half of the locket is. He says he does not. Yeah. Which, he doesn't even know that he's telling the truth. So true. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Uh, Yeah, I think, yeah, Leo finds out about the shirt, and uh, Mike and Bobby are still in jail and start talking. We find out that Bobby's nickname is Bopper. <laughs> I do want to say, I... Leo does not find the shirt, he just finds that it's missing. Right, yes, yes, yes. 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 That's good to, yes, that's that's important. I fucking lost I was it. so scared. Anyway, yes, Bobber. Bopper. At Bopper. Bop, bopper and Snake. Hey, Bopper, since when does Leo Johnson call me at my parents' house? Yeah, we find out that Mike, Bobby, Laura, and Leo are all involved in some kind of criminal activity together. Yes. And that they owe Leo a bunch of money, 
but half of it is in Laura's safe deposit box. That's what that $10,000 was. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they have no way of getting it, and Leo is expecting it from them. Today. And Leo's scary. He is scary. Leo's scary. Uh, and uh, Snake is appropriately scared. I guess Bobby is kind of too, but... Yeah, Bobby Bob- is, like, playing it off with kind of jokes, but he's clearly frustrated and like, look, yeah, no, it sucks. What the fuck do you want from me? Yeah, like, yeah, don't we're talk both to me about in Leo. Jail. <laughs> yeah, it's blame Laura for getting murdered. It's not my fault. Damn, he 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 does be like, <laughs> blame Laura for getting murdered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then James gets put back in jail, and we go back to the picnic video again with, like, voiceover from Laura as it like slow motions on her face just saying help me yeah that's fucked up yeah normal shit <laughs> can't help you Laura sorry yeah um then uh Donna gets up the cops told her she didn't have to come in till tomorrow so she got to sleep in she's talking to her mom and uh kind of just comes clean about everything going on with James about how like you know, this horrible thing happened with Laura, but it's kind of made her realize that this whole time, her and James have been falling in love with each other. This I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Huh? I think Molly was just saying she doesn't believe Donna that she was falling in love with James. Okay, yeah. Yes, but what were you going to say, actually? I'll I'll say, yeah. I I don't understand why anyone would fall in love with James, but I, I think she plays this scene really well. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. also, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just want her mom to be like him. <laughs> well, she James, doesn't... though, <laughs> she doesn't know him. To be fair, not yet. You're right. <laughs> yes. No, but like, it would be even funny if she's like James, though. Like, honey, all the moms have talked, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Snake over James. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Brutal. And Snake's barely a character, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Not only is he barely a character, the two times he's been on screen, he's tried to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Donna's whole thing is like, you know, this horrible thing has happened, but also good things are happening, and I'm like happy and sad at the same time, and I'm, I'm conflicted. Donna, good character, good kid. Yeah, I like Donna still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... We check in back at the police department where Ed is here to pick up James. Uh, he got kind of a head injury at the roadhouse last night. Um, he mentions that he thinks somebody... Uh, spiked like, dr- his drink. Yeah, spiked his drink. Because yeah. we find out he wasn't just there to see Norma. He was doing a stakeout. Which, that's why he's not a policeman. Yeah, sure he ain't. <laughs> he's treating those donuts, isn't he? Uh, he's trading those donuts, isn't he? And also, him and is that Hawk do a fucking be seeing you to each other when they're leaving the police station? Excuse me? Yeah, that's true. Well, as they're leaving, James mentions, uh, because he's worried about, you know, now that he's out of jail, Mike and Bobby coming for him, he does tell Big Ed that he might need some help from the Bookhouse Boys. The Bookhouse Boys. Oh, did he say? I missed that line. <laughs> yeah. I was too busy screaming about the two of them doing this thing where they touch their eye at each other. Uh-huh. I think the implication might be that those two are part of the Bookhouse Boys. Yeah, the Bookhouse Boys, yeah. Yeah, Cooper talks I... to uh, Albert, the, um, like, 
medical examiner from the FBI on the phone. He's on his way up here to check out Laura's body. He's got to kind of rush because they're going to bury her soon. So there's not going to be a lot of time to do the autopsy. Uh, yeah, but, but Cooper mostly just wants to tell him about the that great sandwich yeah. he had. <laughs> or that great cherry pie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good it'll kill you. <laughs> so good it'll kill you. Yeah. Dale, you can't say that. That is true. You can't fucking say that, Dale. Pick any other expression, my guy. This is, uh, I think that was roughly the time where I posted I love Dale Cooper with my whole heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love also that Lucy, you know, she says, like, it sounds, it, like, I think it's like a, you know, collect call. And, like, Cooper's already coming over to take it. She's like, you know, it's kind of got the airy quality to it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you can hear yeah. the wind in the background. Uh, meanwhile, at the Twin Love Peaks them. General Store, Norma and Nadine bump into each other, and Nadine gets to do something other than scream about drapes. Kind of, actually, never no, mind. She does not. <laughs> no, she <laughs> doesn't. You are lying. <laughs> Backpedaling on that. Uh, because she first uh, screams about husbands and then about drapes. Yes. Uh, yes. It seems like she is upset about the fact that her husband was like seriously injured and was like in the hospital. Also, like the way she's treating Norma seems to imply she knows something's going on there. Um, but really, she just wants to talk about how she invented an idea for a silent drape runner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Using cotton balls. Cotton balls. Cotton balls. Metal Gear Solid voice. <laughs> yeah, and she just starts <laughs> ranting about how, yeah, these cotton balls are going to make those drapes so fucking quiet. And then just kind of, like, runs off to go do that. And Norma's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, why? Why why this? Why do I have this person in my life? Uh, She says that she, like, the hardware store where he got the blinds is from Gentleman Jim's. Gentleman Jim's. Which sounds like a, like, a strip joint. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Not sure exactly which kind of strip joint it is, but a strip joint. No, I'm I'm fully with you on that. Uh, but uh, yeah. Then from there, <laughs> at Gentleman Jim's, the drapes always match the curtain. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, Cooper and Truman oh, yeah, uh, are uh, kind of a questioning Mike and Bobby, they kind of just let them go immediately. Uh, yeah, like, they they have put them here just to, like, kind of intimidate them and then go, like, hey, if fucking anything happens to James, it's, it's on you two. Yeah, like, you, you're I the first people coming we're coming you. for. Yeah. yeah. Cooper's still uh, working on his whistle from the last episode. Yes. Delightful. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, up at the, like, so- what are, like, the Martell residence? I don't know what to call this place. The fancy wood mansion that, like, Pete and Catherine and Josie all live in together. Uh, I don't know. Something's happening. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my yeah. train of thought. No, it's okay. What the, yeah, what, what is this house where these three are living? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I think it's just a big, nice house by the sawmill. Yeah, it must be. I mean, I guess when you own a sawmill, you can make a nice big wooden house for yourself. I guess, my guess, I, I suppose, would be that they took her in once her husband died. Yeah, that Maybe. or, like, just both or couples the opposite. lived in this yeah. house together and just, Since it's a she's big still house. here. Yeah. 
it might technically be her house now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it just uh seems like they are uh having the worst sitcom life in this big house. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I also is the fucking is the the guy who is in the house with her isn't the Fisher guy who found Law. No, yeah, right? he is. Yeah, no, yeah. he is. Okay, because I was like, he does say, like, he has a line later that sounds very similar to wrapped in plastic. Yeah, yeah, Oh, with the fish in the percolator. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, because... Same uh, motherfucker. Cooper and Truman have come up to question Josie just to see what she knows, and he makes them coffee. Uh, Cooper makes sure he knows that he likes his coffee black as a moonless night. Bro, calm down. Relax. You could just say, you could just say black. It's the default state of coffee. I can't Cooper make it blacker on for at you. All times. <laughs> you know, I I appreciate that with Cooper. You know what you're getting, and it is a man who is on at all times. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. We learned that. Uh, Laura Palmer, high school student, was helping Josie, uh, adult, with her English lessons. Yes. Uh, yeah, just yeah, just like another thing on the pile of oh yeah, here's every th- good thing Laura does. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that the last uh, night that they had a you know session, like you know, there's something off about her. <laughs> Yeah. Did uh, which like always to me like in like just reading like a bunch of like true crime shit where it's like always like well of course now that you know this was the last time you saw this person. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like I don't know, there's just something different. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember, did we mention at any point last time that Josie is um Chinese? No. I don't think I don't it came think so. up at all, because it wasn't relevant. Yeah. Right. Uh but there's like a line in the last episode where he's like, "Oh yeah, he went to like China for a business trip and came back with her like a couple of years ago." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's relevant in this episode because Catherine is a, is kind of racist. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I hate this woman. Yeah, listen. <laughs> yeah, Molly's favorite character. <laughs> I hate this woman. Uh. She she does. She's like, oh, you know what your shenanigans cost us? You know what shenanigans are, right? Yeah, not not good. Not good. Um, but basically, yeah, lets her know that shutting the mill down yesterday cost them a shit ton of money when they're already having financial problems. She said $87,000, and I am having trouble believing that, but okay. Well, I think given the, the following scene, you're right to have trouble believing it. Yes. Yes. Uh, I even before that scene, I was like, okay, yeah, sure, pal. Right. I um, had no idea how much lumber costs. I guess I don't either, but that yeah. sounds like a number that doesn't make any sense in the year 1990. That's also fair. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it in those terms. Um, I, oh, yeah, at some point, yeah, the fish in the percolator bit happens, a classic Twin Peaks bit. Oh, uh, yeah, and you can... <laughs> you could just... They've just, like, filled their mouths with... <laughs> Uh, fish coffee, coffee. Yeah. yeah, and you could just see them like 
And you can almost hear the like, Uh as they just like slowly (laughs) spit the coffee back into the cup. Um, Do they spit it out or do they just? I'm not. uh, I don't know if they spit or swallow. Ashley, I know where you're going with this. (laughs) I thought they swallowed. (laughs) I thought they spit. (laughs) Listen, people have different thoughts about this. Sure. That fucking, a year or two ago, I watched that awful piece of shit four hour long YouTube video. It was like the Twin Peaks Explained. It spent so much goddamn time on this fish in the percolator line. What? Why? <laughs> oh, this no. is the key to understanding so much about Twin Peaks, Molly. My fucking God. Yeah, I've heard of jokes before, asshole. Oh, no, no, no. It's not a joke. You got to understand what it represents metaphorically. Spitting or swallowing? <laughs> Yes, for the exactly. record, I just watched it. They swallow. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> because they... <laughs> Wait, I think I got a different copy of Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, no, because uh, the fisherman like guy comes in and he's like, oh, sorry, like don't drink that. And he takes the cups away from them. Right. Yes, 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 you're right. And they just kind of like, all right, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a flavor combination worse than fish and coffee. <laughs> it's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, especially if it's like raw fish. Um, before they drink the coffee, though, uh, Dale does go, okay, so how long have you been seeing her? Uh, yeah, and, this is like and Harry is like, most- uh, excuse me? <laughs> And his most Sherlock. On, well, yes. That's how they treat it. But on the other hand, we spent a whole bunch of time last week being like, okay, Truman, calm the fuck down. You don't need to, like, the, Cooper says, yeah. oh, hey, who's that? Oh, that's the most beautiful woman in the entire state. Wait, how'd you, how could you tell that I was sleeping with her? <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, speaking of sleeping with people, Catherine just having a great sex time with Ben. I uh, hate the scene. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> uh, th- yeah, we see her. She is fully clothed when she's calling Josie and uh, being the biggest bitch alive. Yes. Uh, and then in the next scene, which is the two of them after they fucked and Ben getting up to leave. Right. Um, she is she is still naked in bed. She's like, why aren't you staying, asshole? Yeah, she insults him enough that he decides, actually, no, I do want to fuck some more. <laughs> because because during the scene she like starts wiggling down so her feet stick out from under the blanket so he can suck on some toes. He does God just kind of suck God. on her toes. At the first time I watched like uh the like Twin Peaks like the first couple episodes, like this was the moment this episode I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does give each like, big toe just a little little suck. Just so yeah, yeah like a little uh-huh. Uh, also, they're talking about burning down the sawmill, and that's making them really horny. They are horny yeah. for burning, yeah, burning the, down the sawmill. The whole thing is that they are uh, conspiring together to bankrupt the sawmill so that they can. Yeah. Like, Ben makes a crack about, like, oh, well, if enough tragedies happen, Josie will fucking ruin the sawmill for us. Yeah. Which, uh, no. This will not mm. happen. <laughs> right. I, I also like that, like, they're like, 
you know, it's obviously like, how bad are, I guess she, like, cooked the book, but, like, how bad are Josie and, like, the other guy at, like, looking at their finances to, like, think that, like, oh, like, her saying, like, oh, we're gonna close in, like, a year. Right. It's true if they're apparently gonna, like, have enough time to, like, last for, like, a decade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah what the fuck is going on here? You know, Catherine must be the one in charge of the money. So she's can manipulate yeah, so it. Yeah, so she's just, yeah, lying. Yeah. Yeah, like, she does say she cooked the book, but, like, I feel like if I ran something, I'd want to know, like, a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if this person clearly hates me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. At um, some point, you just gotta fire her. Yeah. I know yeah. that's, she's I got know that's your, I know that's your dead husband's sister, but, uh, I not assume a she has, like, some kind of stake in the mill where that, like, isn't possible. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. She's, she's on the board. Right, but It's right. a sawmill. Well, that's where they make the boards. Ashley's ah. got you there. <laughs> you know, I can't, uh, can't even be mad at you. I have already done this to you multiple times tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we go from like all this like kind of goofy sawmill intrigue straight back into tragedy land because we're checking in with the Palmers where like uh, Sarah is just like sitting quietly on the couch and Leland is just sort of quietly like trying to get her attention like hey hey Donna wants to see you and uh, yeah like uh go ahead Obviously, like, Miss Palmer is, like, real fucking, like, she's the focus of the scene is, like, real, just like, oh, man, man. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, Leland, when he shows up, is just, like, very realistic for as big as he could go. Yeah. Of just like, hey, hi, yeah, I just, you know, don't want to spook you, just want to say. <laughs> yeah. Kind of get the sense that, like... Leland is sort of having to rein in his own grief a little bit because he's having to attend to Sarah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and yeah, he kind of warns... In the, in the same way that Sarah was kind of reining in her grief to talk to the police. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and Leland kind of warns Donna, like, okay, she, she's ready to see you, just please be very careful. She's in, like, a very fragile emotional state. And, uh... Yeah, they kind of talk Adonis about Donna's like, all right, don't talk about how I'm begging Laura's boyfriend. <laughs> right, got that much cool, down. Cool, cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk about how much they miss Laura, and then uh, Sarah sees L- Laura's face plastered over Donna's. <laughs> yes. In an effect that perhaps does not hold up very well. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's supposed to just communicate that. It gets the point across. yeah. I was like, I remember, like, what's about to happen, and, like, I remember the effect being kind of goofy, and then I re- forgot exactly how they did the effect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that just makes uh, Sarah just break down sobbing. She grabs Donna and is just holding her. Um, and then as she's doing that, she has a vision of Bob, our first, like, clear shot of him in Laura's bedroom. And that just makes her, understandably, freak the fuck out. I got, that man's a scary looking. Bob is a scary looking man. You Yeah, you understand why David Lynch was like, that's a weird looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Seeing he was this, right. 
Seeing this greasy denim guy in this little girl's bedroom, that's upsetting. We need to get that on film. I, you know, I, I guess I can't blame the man. Yeah. Um, it also really, like, if she, if she is seeing Bob in Laura's bedroom, I feel like that adds another dimension to last episode when, like, she heard footsteps upstairs and started freaking out. Because yes. this is probably not the first time she's seen this, right? Right. Yeah, so she is just, like, haunted by this creepy guy that we don't know anything about. And that she doesn't know anything about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Hawk is at the hospital interviewing uh, Ronette's parents, who uh, are just kind of like giving whatever information they can. They mentioned that uh, Ronette had like a part-time job at uh, the Horn Department Store at the perfume counter. It was the best smelling job she ever had. Best smelling job she ever had. Um, I, I think I think it's a real smart thing to like after. A scene of the Palmers, who we like, spent the last two episodes with. Yeah. Like, the first time we see both of the other parents, like, it's this, like, like just know that this is happening. Right, right. Like, we're not following it, but, like, this is happening to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Hawk, like, in the middle of this questioning, catches, like, in a mirror um, the one-armed man from the elevator from last episode just walking by, and that, like, draws his attention for whatever reason. And, uh... Yeah, who is this motherfucker? I yeah, that's a great question. Is. <laughs> uh, he just kind of goes into an area that does not seem like it's open to the public. It's got weird no. blue light everywhere. And uh, Hawk tries to follow him, but just immediately loses track of him. He's like, well, that was fucking weird. Anyway, this 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 uh, path goes to either the morgue or oxygen storage. Yes. Yeah. Fuck's going on here, man. Yeah. A lot happened in this town. Yeah, Hawks is just like, well, I guess it was the wind. (laughs) (laughs) He does react like a video game guard a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I think the idea is that, like, you know, I don't know which fucking way he went, and I have people to attend to. Also, like, listen, that guy seemed a little suspicious, but I don't have any, like, reason to chase him, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just could not stop thinking about, like, the fucking <laughs> Skyrim thing. Yeah. Yes. Fucking dishonored guards. Yeah. And then, uh, after a commercial break, we cut over to Audrey at the Great Northern, just, just kind of grooving to the Twin Peaks soundtrack. On vinyl. <laughs> On vinyl. Big chillin', dude. She's just doing this weird little, like, it's not quite a dance. She's kind of just standing in place and swaying, and, like, her neck is limp. It is the only movement you can make while listening to the Twin Peaks soundtrack. That's uh-huh. true. It's like this creepy, like, slinky, like, this is the, the sneaky music. Yeah. Uh, and her dad. This dad's... is what we play during the tutorial of Sly Cooper. <laughs> right. And, like, it's not clear that this is diegetic music until her dad bursts in and turns the record player off. Yes. Yeah, like, which is, like, a big capital G goof for this. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, they get in a fight. He asks about, like, the Norwegians, and she's like, yeah, you know, maybe that was my fault. Who could say? Yeah, Who could listen, say, but also it was pa- my fault. I- yeah, and then he goes, you know, Laura died, you know... A few days ago, I lost you years ago. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ, okay. man. Yeah. 
normal things to say to your teenage daughter. The Horn family seems very normal and well-adjusted. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he just kind of, yeah, chews her out like that and storms off. Um, and then we get some some family time over at the Briggs household. Yeah, at this where we learned that the general is... Uh, Bopper's death. <laughs> uh, he picked him up from the police station last episode, but yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And this was who uh, Laura's mom called when... Uh, that's true, yeah. yeah. I yeah, she was like, that. But, yeah. but, yes, this is basically the scene. This is the first, like, scene out. they have together. Um, <laughs> the dad is... The general is so fucking funny. Yeah, Major Briggs' entire thing is that he is extremely calm and uses lots of big words. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I understand that, uh, you know, that there must be some rebellion in the youth, and it is a natural part of the male life, but um, that must be obviously controlled and... Right, within the bounds of... He is... If you take the architect from the Matrix and slow him down by about, like, 25%, that's Major Briggs. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, like, the best part is just when he is, like, Bobby's not saying anything. He's like, you know, that's understandable. That's... Yeah, you know, say, you sometimes know, silence are... is golden. It's, it's important to know yeah. when to appreciate a quiet moment. Uh, but then and while then he's in the Bobby, middle of that, yeah. Bobby takes out a cigarette. And lights it, and uh, his dad just He just fucking slaps him. Yeah, just slaps him as hard as he can, sends the cigarette, like, flying across the table into his mom's meatloaf. This is, that was a, first of all, very hard slap. Yeah. Secondly, very hard cigarette to get lodged in meatloaf like that. Yeah. Or, or, very wet meatloaf. Very wet meatloaf. (laughs) Maybe some combination thereof, I don't know. Yeah. But... Little column A, little column B. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, Bobby is just kind of stunned that his dad hit him, and his mom just jumps in and is like, we're here for you, Bobby. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 my impression was like, is this, is this the first time this has happened? It can't be. Because it, I, it, but it feels like it, right? It feels like Bobby is reacting like it is. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just feel like what we know of Bobby, there is no way he has not made his dad... Not made his dad put like there's no way his dad has not hit him in anger before. Yeah, you that's, know? that's probably true, but it just the it just feels so significant in that moment, and not Definitely. just because it's like the first like that it's not the first time it's happened or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. There's 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 a, a level to it. Yeah, it's tough too because like Bobby needs someone to slap the shit out of him. <laughs> yes, it probably shouldn't be his dad. No, it should not be yeah, his like- dad. <laughs> I was having a moment of this where I'm like, I, like, this is obviously not okay. Yeah. But. But if it was ever going to be okay for anybody. (laughs) Yeah, like, it was the kind of thing where it's like, we were talking about yet last time with bullying. Yeah. I do not agree with bullying. However, sometimes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It just kind of needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, again, it's it's a question of whether, like, is this the first time his dad has lost his patience, like you were saying, or is his dad's entire, like, kind, gentlemanly, like, educated 
demeanor kind of uh, a facade for the fact that he's just an abusive dad. Probably both. Yeah. Yeah, like, like if I'm, like, seeing this, like, actually thinking about this, like, yeah, obviously that this is an abusive dad that... Right. And, like, this is probably the reason why Bobby is acting out, or one of the reasons. Right. Like, you know, I don't want to just be, like, everyone who is shitty has an explanation for it. Sure. But in a TV show... (laughs) Right, right. That's usually the case. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, Cooper and Truman are at the Double R Diner. Cooper gets to meet Norma. Um, yeah, yeah. Have, some, have some coffee. Uh, <laughs> the log lady is here, and Cooper's just like, hey, log lady. <laughs> hey. What's with the log? And she... Because yeah, the, uh, Truman, like, goes, like, like, he goes, like, you know, like, oh, like, does, you know, what's with the log? And Truman just goes, many people have asked. He's like, am I allowed to ask about the log? Well, you can try. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cooper's into the coffee here, and uh, Truman also gets him yeah, like, some pie. They're just like, man, it's like trying to get that taste out of our mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and yeah, the pie here, even better. Than at the fucking yeah. lamplighter in. Can you fucking believe it? This yeah. one will kill you and bring you back. <laughs> Cooper just fucking loves cherry pie. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, the log lady comes up to them and uh, says, like, hey, you know, at some point I'm going to talk to you because my log saw something on the night of the murder. My log's a witness. Yes. And then she, and then he's like, what, what did it see? And she's like, ask it. And Cooper... And honestly, like, the, the most surprising <laughs> uh-huh. bit of it, like, does it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's fucking right. I knew. Just like all the others. <laughs> uh-huh. He's not willing to believe that the log is a person. Yeah. Yeah. That That's the bridge too far for Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get back to Shelly and Leo. Yep. Leo is cutting up a football uh, with a switchblade. Uh, and then That's like he, a thing for, like, hiding drugs, right? That's... I mean, to hide I something, assumed, for sure. I assumed it was because Bobby had left a football here at some point. <laughs> you just think he hates that football. Yeah, well, because he knows his wife is cheating on him, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought, that, like, he is going to hide or get something from this. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then he starts physically abusing uh, Shelly. So that's yeah. great. Yep. He yeah. just starts beating her. Yep. No good. Not great. Bad, in fact. Bad. Don't care for this. As she walks in, you just see him put the soap in the like sock. And she's like, yep. oh. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Donna has James over to meet her parents, and for some reason her parents aren't immediately like, oh, no, no, no. no! Uh, Honey, no, throw this one back and get another one. (laughs) He looks, he looks nice when he comes in, to be fair. He's got his, he's got himself a little sweater, you know, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's looking okay. He looks, he looks much less, uh, reprehensive like this than he does in a leather jacket. He does not fit a leather jacket. He is in his element in a collared shirt and a sweater. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> do but not let also... this boy near a motorcycle in a leather jacket. He cannot do it. No. <laughs> do you think, like, Ed got him, like, the leather jacket and motorcycle? And yes. he's just like, ah. No, I screwed up on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, he still thinks it's good for him. Right. Listen, he'll grow into it. You'll see. Like, he just keeps on saying he'll grow into it. Yeah. It's aspirational. <laughs> it's ass. They list a bunch of drinks when he walks in. Like, do you want something to drink? I have some soft drinks, some fruit punch, some other stuff. And I, I turn to Pris and I'm like, I, if he says water, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this, especially because I was watching that scene and thinking, I would probably just ask for water in this case. <laughs> you fucking loser! <laughs> pretty much just drink water! Have some fruit punch! Fuck's sake! It's too Enjoy sweet! Enjoy some flavor! <laughs> God. Man, this is what we're talking about, the, the rock, paper, scissors circle. You're roasting me without even knowing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, Bobby and Mike are just stalking outside of Donna's house. Yeah. Uh, and right. It's too bad we can only kill him once. <laughs> we're cool guys. Yeah. Well, because they're like, well, first he fucked my girlfriend, and now he's going to fuck your girlfriend? I can't believe this. Yeah. Listen, if James is fucking both of you, we're fucking both of your girlfriends, <laughs> you really need to, like... You messed up pretty bad. Bopper, how are we getting cucked by James simultaneously? <laughs> you can't call somebody Bopper without dating him, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just these, saying, these yeah. two are these, hanging out a little too much. Uh-huh, uh-huh. These two, uh, but they're the kind of guys who are like, get like really pumped in like the showers with each other uh-huh. and like, like slap each other's ass a lot. Uh-huh. But they will never like fully say what tension is going on between them. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we check in with Dr. Jacoby. Uh, I hate this motherfucker. <laughs> in his Hawaiian-themed psychiatry office. I... How bad a person does it make me that I kind of like the office? The office is very silly. It's not good. It's not a good outlook. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. I like the, the aquarium with a little lamp in it. Yeah. He's got There's like, three little pufferfish lamps. Yeah. That's true, that's true. He's got, like, a fake palm tree with a fake coconut... Uh, and I he think has, he's a Hawaii fetishist. Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> is. Um, and he has because he t- had the hula girl tie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a consistent thing with him. This guy's a freak. Yeah. And uh, he has a cassette tape that Laura recorded for him. This Laura, is, what uh, the fuck is going on here? Yeah, she's just kind of like chatting, just kind of like it's sort of a audio diary that she. <laughs> It's like a video game audio pickup (laughs) that Dr. Jacoby found of her. Yeah. And uh, she's just kind of chatting about stuff. uh, And she's like, I I, I hope I don't get murdered tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) She does. I'm just saying, if this was an audio log, that's how it always goes. Totally. 
Uh, she does say, like we talked about earlier, James is sweet, but he's so dumb. He's so dumb. I can only yeah. take so much as sweet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like she's like, and like now I'm glad that I've seen a real man. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Jacoby is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, I told you about that mystery man. And that's when he puts on both headphones so we don't get to hear anymore. Yeah, but he seems a little freaked out by what he's hearing. And he opens up his coconut to reveal he's the guy that stole the heart necklace. Yes. And uh, I, then he starts crying. I am confused by this because he has to have listened to this tape before, right? Uh, Yeah, I would think so. Okay, because it seems like this is something where he's, like, learning something, or maybe he's just figured something out. Maybe he's just figured something out, maybe, yeah, he's revisiting it and, like, has new information something, that, like, yeah, something makes, makes it mean something. Now. Or yeah. maybe yeah. it's, like, a new tape that he hadn't gotten around to hearing yet. Yes, that's that's the other idea. Yeah. Either way, weird. Bad weird vibes. Weird fucking Freak dude. Man. Bad vibes for this middle-aged psychiatrist to be hearing, like, to have, like, a flirty audio log from his teenage patient. Yeah. They were definitely fucking, which I hate. Yep. Yeah. (sighs) Laura. You picked so many bad dudes. Well, she doesn't got a lot of choice. Yeah. 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 That's the end of Traces to Nowhere. That is the end of Traces to Nowhere. Uh, yeah, how we feeling? Bro, what's going feeling on? Good. <laughs> is Mark Frost or David Lynch the foot freak, do you think? Hmm. Well, who directed this episode? Let me look that up, because that'll it, give us some well, info. At the end of the episode, it just lists both of them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they're both, like, the creators. I'm just going to look up, yeah. like, on the Twin, Peak, Twin Peaks see, wiki. Yeah, uh, yeah like, what, like... Just look look up foot fetish on the Tim Twin Peaks wiki. And- <laughs> well, this episode was directed by a different guy, uh, Dwayne Dunham. So maybe he's mm. the foot guy. Maybe, but I feel like it's in the script. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What if the actor is like, listen, I'm just kind of feeling this. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. really in the mall. Mo- this is method. This Listen, yeah. uh, within the fiction, there's the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. Outside of it, though, we need to solve the mystery <laughs> of who's the foot freak on <laughs> the Twin the Peaks crew. Yeah. Peaks. This is, yeah, everybody write in with your theories, please. <laughs> We're going to unravel this one together. I'm running through my head. I don't remember any foot stuff from David Lynch movies, <laughs> so I think we can cross him off the suspect list. I don't know. No, listen, that's a dude who would p- fucking put it in his shit. <laughs> oh, if he was? Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll 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 just I trust mean, your judgment here. I mean, whoever uh, it is is somebody that would put it in their shit because it's here. That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I think Ashley is suggesting the rest of the of the filmography of David Lynch would have more foot stuff in it. No, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, much gonna, to think about. Gonna go watch a bunch of Hill Street Blues to see if there's a bunch of fucking foot stuff in there. Because that's a Mark Frost thing. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> I will not, but yeah, you go ahead. I'm also not actually going to. All right, well... If somebody else has, please let me know. This might become a cold case. <laughs> Much like uh, the original idea for Twin Peaks is that the murder would never be solved. This foot fetish thing might never be solved. Damn. Might be a cold case, like these little toesies. Oh, no. Warm them up. <laughs> actually, if you go back to the first episode of this podcast, we've actually revealed who the foot freak is. <laughs> 
you can see it in the backwards waveform. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, if you look at the mirror in the last episode, <laughs> yeah. you see someone's feet, and they are the most fetishist. <laughs> we got questions. We got question. Yeah. <laughs> I have questions too, but we can move on. No, no, you you don't get to ask the questions around here, pal. Listen, you answer them. <laughs> we ask them, you answer them. Precise Simple, and to the point. Precise, yeah, that's right. Get his ass. Um, from Abby from the Discord. Uh, what are your all favorite diners? Uh, Denny's, Waffle House, IHOP, and have you had any interesting experiences in diners? I definitely, like, put more of those as, like, restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Although, of those, I'm definitely... I'm, I'm a Waffle House man myself. We don't we don't have that over here on the West Coast. I don't know yeah. anything about no Waffle Houses. Yeah. I, I do kind of miss the Waffle House. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Denny's guy myself if I want something awful to eat. Yeah. I go to the, I go to the Denny's. See, I feel like Denny's and IHOP have, like, a veneer of... Like, they want you to think they're just, like, a cool restaurant. You know, it's just breakfast theme, whatever. Waffle House is like, no, this is some fucking breakfast slop, but it's good, so you're going to eat it. That's right. Well, yeah. I respect like, that much more. Waffle House yes. has no pretension to it. Yes. It, it, it is something where you can see the food getting made. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is, like, no, yeah, like, there's literally no veneer. Right. Um, I talked about it before, but I... Uh, really liked a local diner in Florida. I recently went there when I went home on vacation back there. Uh, Howley's. Mm. Uh, which is like one of the ones where it's like it's been around since like the 50s. <laughs> and it was like owned by like two people. <laughs> yeah. Who like are the ones that opened it. And then they sold it um, as and they finally passed. And now it's kind of like a hipster like diner, but it still is like basically the same place. I gotcha. Uh, and it's really good. Yeah. Uh, there's other diner questions, <laughs> but um, I don't know yeah. if I've been to a diner diner as described here. Yeah, I'm not totally sure if I have either. I, I yeah, I feel like I've had definitely of any moments. Uh, you know, in a diner type scenario, it'd definitely be at a Denny's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. Because if something happens at a Waffle House, that's just the ambiance. <laughs> right. <laughs> if something happens at a Denny's, that's like a, that's part of it. Yeah. I feel like I might have said this on this podcast sometime in the past. I used to take 911 calls uh, for a living, and uh, I worked the night shift, and the question was never is there going to be a knife fight at the Waffle House tonight? It was, which Waffle House is the nightly knife fight going to take place at? I, we all know about the uh, Waffle House Index, right? I do, yeah. I don't know if Molly does. I feel like I've heard this before, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, the Waffle House Index is a, like, somewhat official, un- you know, unofficial thing. Uh, thing where that like FEMA uses to measure how bad a a hurricane or natural disaster in the south is because Waffle Houses do not fucking close they do not fucking close ever 
So if a hurricane or other uh, disaster is bad enough to close down the Waffle Houses in the area, that's when you know it's fucking bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, sure, yes, I, I have heard this, yes. Um, it's really worth it to look up the uh, Wikipedia article for this just for the photo, uh, which is... I'm just going to try to drop it in the... <laughs> In the chat. Uh, yeah, it is a... Just a shot of a, like, Waffle House that has been ripped asunder. Yeah, but, like, the stools are still in place, and that's it. Yes. Uh, I'm waiting for this image. Sorry, it, it was doing weird stuff. Was it doing the Google thing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Waffle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the three levels are green full menu. Restaurant has power and damage is limited or no damage at all. <laughs> Yellow limited menu. Uh, no power. Only power from generator or food supplies may be low. So even if there's no power, they will be open and serving a limited menu. <laughs> What can you get at the Waffle House with no power? Drinks. I guess, yeah, drinks, untoasted bread. <laughs> they, oh, they have like stuff like 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 a uh, no no water, <laughs> or like a power thing where it's like we're using the least amount of power that we can. Oh sure, okay. Um. You can order eggs, but they will be very runny because we cannot run the griddle that long. Yeah. But it, it still has hash browns, two eggs, biscuit, and a hash brown. Okay. It's one of the things. Um, but yeah, no, so, yeah, the, the Waffle House, a true American institution. <laughs> uh-huh. In the way that few things are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw recently a, uh, like... Japanese vlogger who like went to like Waffle House in the way that like otakus would go to like Akihabara. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Um, from at Bookcase Queen ninety six, what's the best damn fine cup of coffee you've ever had? Oh hmm. I don't know if you guys are coffee drinkers because I'm not. I don't drink coffee. I, I do now and then, but not enough to be like, I'm not a coffee, a coffee guy. connoisseur. Yeah, it's tough to be a coffee guy. You got to do a lot to be a coffee guy. You got to do a lot to be a coffee guy. And I'm also someone that yeah. like, I'll drink black coffee if I gotta, but I want a lot of cream and sugar in there. That's the thing. If I was gonna drink coffee, I would do that. And at that point, I'm just like, well, why wouldn't I just drink something I like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, unless you need the caffeine hit, I'm really not going to do coffee. Um, like, yeah, I don't really like coffee. I like melted coffee ice cream. Sure. That's that's about yeah. what I want my coffee to taste like. Sure. Coffee ice cream, um, fucking good. Yeah. I like a, co- a good coffee lollipop. Hmm. Yeah, see, I like a lot of things flavored with coffee, but I, I'm kind of whatever on coffee itself. 
and do not yeah, enjoy coffee yeah. in any form. Um, from at Casey Cosmo, what's the food you usually default to getting at a sit-down diner or a sit-down dinner setting? Hmm. Um, for diners, I love me a good Belgian waffle. Sure. I'm always Where, getting like a that is. Like, the Belgian waffle is my cherry pie. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, I listen, I gotta taste your <laughs> your Belgian waffle and see how good it is. This is how I rank things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Molly. I would usually go for, for a hamburger, because, listen, you gotta work pretty hard to fuck up a hamburger. It's true. That's true. I, yeah, I, there's yeah, a baseline level also, quality here. I, I have gotten... Uh, a Belgian waffle and fries for dinner. <laughs> uh huh. Which at some point just seems like I was doing a crime. <laughs> but it was worth yeah, it. Yeah, that's a, that's a combo. Yeah. Alright, if you can do chicken and waffles, why not french fries and waffles? Just, it's a very different thing, but okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I feel like there's. No, no, let him talk, let him talk. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's space to experiment with food combinations that we previously would have thought unconventional. Listen, I've already said the worst food combination I've ever had on this podcast before. Which was apple and ketchup. Oh. Ugh. Ugh. Ah. <laughs> now I feel bad about defending you on the other thing. Ugh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, I was like a little kid. Okay. Yeah, I mean, little kids do dumb shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Next at question. Buzz Sun- from at Buzz Sunflower, what other Kyle McLaughlin properties are potential sequels or prequels to Twin Peaks? Uh, I think uh, Portlandia is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where he plays the mayor <laughs> uh, is a secret sequel to Twin Peaks. I'm going to be totally honest, I am not super familiar with Kyle MacLachlan's uh, body of work outside of Twin Peaks. Yeah, I didn't know this guy when we talked about this episode last time, so... He, do- he did, at one point, voice Superman. Okay, okay. I can see him doing okay at that. Um, he was in, like, a, a, a pretty well ex- like well-respected Hamlet... All right, he recently all right. just played Thomas Edison. Yeah. Oh, he's in Showgirls. Okay. Um, I'm I'm just looking for names I recognize on this filmography list. I don't know most of these. Yeah, it's. He has an uncredited appearance in The Sisterhood of Traveling Pants too. Oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah, it just seems like he has a a, a weird uh, career. Uh huh. And yeah, like the majority of it, especially after Twin Peaks, is a lot of like, we're hiring this dude because. Yeah, looks like his current thing he's working on is uh, the like dramatic adaptation of that Tiger King show. Yeah. Great. I I have a feeling that will never get made. Uh-huh. Sure hope not. 
Yeah, because like they also like announced one with like, uh, like Nicholas Cage playing Joe Exotic, and like yeah. that ended up not happening. So mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that it never happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, uh Notary Bijou asks, uh, "How do we feel about Grace?" Uh, Zabriskie's performance in Twin Peaks, which we talked about in the last episode a bit. Yeah, I am she, fully on board with Grace Zabrinsky. She, yeah, she plays Mrs. Palmer, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, no, uh, great. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I think she's great. Yeah. Like, again, she's going very, like, big in a lot of her scenes, but, like, yeah, if your teenage daughter got brutally murdered, you probably would, too. Yes. It It is a realistic depiction of grief um even like before getting to all of the supernatural stuff that is happening with there yeah totally. that, also very much selling me on how scary this man is yes, yes. yeah yeah um well and to just like yeah like something like unspeakably horrible has happened to her and like yeah no fucking wonder it gets like visualized as this scary man that just is in her house sometimes like because it's like i don't know that just feels like a good like literalization of how horrified she is at all times now like there was no good reason to think that something like that would ever happen to anyone in that town let alone her daughter yeah yep well if that's true why are the bookhouse boys in town that's what I want to know. Uh-huh. What are they so worried about? That's... Oh, the bookhouse boys. Hmm? <laughs> I forgot that they mentioned the bookhouse boys in this episode. Yeah, yeah, they just got to get a little name drop. Uh, the only other thing I know Grace Zabriskie from is Seinfeld, where she also plays the mother of a woman who gets murdered. Oh, okay. Well, I guess not murdered so much as accidentally killed, but you know. Is, is she the one who... Uh, licked all the envelopes. Yeah, she. It was George's fiance okay. who licked all the envelopes for their wedding uh, invitations, and it turns out they were slightly toxic, and the buildup from it killed her. I just remember because someone made a Persona Four scene out of that. God, that's extremely funny. <laughs> yeah. Is the thing like if he had helped her, she wouldn't have died? Yes. Or if it, it's also just that, like, he uh, skipped out got and bought che- cheap envelopes. Yes. If he had just, like, paid a little more for nicer envelopes with better quality glue, it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. George. George. How many envelopes I mean, did she does... like to kill? Yeah, I mean, it was just a pile of them, you know. How many people are you invite to this wedding? I mean, they, yeah, there is a reason they all go to jail at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> but fair. it's not that. Um, from at TR6 Queenly, uh, she says, it feels a lot obligatory to ask what y'all's favorite kind of pie are. I feel like we've had this question before, but uh, mine is pumpkin and apple. If I had to choose pumpkin, but apple's good too. Yeah. Big, um, big pumpkin pie fan. I am not huge on pumpkin pie. I know this about you. Yeah, I'm just not yeah. huge on pumpkin in general. Pie wise, I'm 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 a blueberry fan. Sure, I don't think I've ever had a blueberry pie. Yeah, I'm uh, generally a berry. I, in my opinion, you can't go wrong with a nice berry. 
my dad will decimate a blackberry pie. Not much of a... I don't think I've had very many pies in general, to be honest. I'm not yeah. much of a uh, dessert pastries kind of kind of person. Sure. Um, but yeah, pumpkin pie. Just fucking devour that shit. <laughs> yeah, I will too. Uh, and from Michael of Healy, if your lives had a diegetic music score, what would it sound like? Oh, God. <laughs> I... F- I feel like mine would just sound like a Avalanche's record where it's like oh, sure. just a lot of like weird audio snippets of things, but like it just kind of like grooves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. like, okay, none of this kind of makes sense together, but it kind of works. Yeah. I, I don't know how I would possibly answer this question. <laughs> I feel like mine would just be a lot of like static and microphone feedback. It'd be unpleasant. <laughs> you gotta mute mm. the volume when you're watching me. <laughs> God. <laughs> By the way, I looked it up. Uh, Susan uh, was looking envelopes for 200 guests. Good lord. It's <laughs> a lot of envelopes. It's a lot of envelopes. People really used to have money. <laughs> That it for questions? Yep. Luke, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows that I do on Audio Entropy, such as MCU Complete Me, where we're currently doing the uh, miniseries The Matrix Has You at Hello, where we're talking about the Matrix movies. I just saw two people on my timeline watch The Matrix, the new one in 4DX. God. I didn't know that was out yet. I think they got an early showing. Okay, okay, yeah, I thought that was like Christmas Day or something. Uh, yeah, you one know. of the like one of them is a film critic, so oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense then. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, Matrix movies, pretty good. I like them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can also find me on Idol on Playtest. It's an actual play RPG podcast that IGM. Uh, it is based on Idol on Become Your Best Self, a game me and Molly are making together inspired by jojo's bizarre adventure and persona it's true we are doing that yeah i was gonna say season two is almost over because we're almost done recording it but it's not gonna be done for like three more months that's uh two more months two more months honestly like five weeks it's like february 20 something is one of the last is it really yeah fuck Yeah, we only just put out the 40s. Like, we have 10 yeah. more episodes to go. Fuck. It just, we've recorded most of them already. Yep. Ashley, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Bear with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. And you can also find me at patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor. Give, Give Ashley, Ashley fucking your money. fucking money. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, your friend Molly, the Y-E-R. You can find me on AudioEntropy.com, INeedMayo.com, uh, the second best game.club, Journal Updated, uh, and Eidolon. That's most of, I think that's everything I do yeah. these days. Yeah. Um, You can go to AudioEntropy.com, hit that donate button in the upper right-hand corner, give us a little money for the website. Um... Thank you, everybody who has. Leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your friends about our cool Twin Peaks podcast. Yeah. Why don't you? Where we uh, talk about how James is Tavros. 
You're not getting that kind of insightful commentary from any other Twin Peaks podcast. Everybody who has seen that has been deeply upset. So I think we were friends. I think we were on the ground floor for this one. Uh Uh-huh. But we're right. We're completely right. Uh, yeah, so, uh, tell, tell your friends about our podcast and, uh, leave us a cool review and tell people how cool we are and all that. Yeah. Uh, and that's it, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, next time we're going to talk about, uh, what is it? Episode two, AKA episode three, AKA Zen or the art to catch a killer or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or the skill to catch a killer, excuse me. It's not an art, it's skill. Oh, yes, of course. Ashley, get us out of here. Until next time, damn fine podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>